Okay, now you can hear me. <laughs> Thank you very much. I didn't... Oh, well. Anyhow, I had relatives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we weren't looking at our eyes. <laughs> were, you going, were you going like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Wednesday night, <laughs> Bob... <laughs> there, were, there were a few distinct individuals at uh, Wednesday night Bible study and Bob and Jose... And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, I, and Wednesday night's kind of like one of those things. You just throw it open and, you know, we talk about many things. And, and Bob says, Pastor, you know when you preach, you don't look at us. I said, well, if you were standing up there, you wouldn't look at you either. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so... Well, and I started talking. I said, well, you know, sometimes when the Spirit moves that you look at individuals and you say, well, you know, God is telling me to tell you something. Well, I may be looking at, thinking of the whole group, but I'm looking at Steve and Steve's saying, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> you know, God wants to tell me something. Pastor's going to nail me on this one, you know. <laughs> and, I, you know and I'm thinking of Bob, but I won't look at Bob. I'll just look at Steve, you know. And... And it's just one of those things I kind of look over and don't see because I'm sometimes lost in my thoughts because <laughs> there, there's a lot to be lost in. And uh, but uh, so I try to look and if I look at you and I'm saying something, it doesn't necessarily mean that I mean you exactly. <laughs> OK, but uh, so that's what they were doing. You know, we're looking at you. And if you're waving your hands, my wife is often going like this and said, you didn't see me? I said, no, wasn't looking. <laughs> she will tell me afterwards that you had a number of opportunities to quit and didn't. <laughs> to end the sermon on a good note. Um, but anyhow, where was I? Oh, Greek and philosophies and stuff like that. So the church, at Rome, the church in Colossae, had taken on a number of characteristics that they began to think about. And in our society today, we do the same thing. We look at uh, some really good ideas and some good philosophies, and we want to merge them in with our Christian faith. Well, I, as I was saying, I had this aunt and uncle who were very well educated, and they, uh, after they had retired, they decided to go to, back to college, and they took religion and philosophy classes. And what they did was uh, they kind of made up their own religion. And they made up their Christianity because they were a uh, particular denomination. Uh, and they, they took that part of Christianity and they took some of their, the, the religious classes that they had taken about, you know, in philosophy classes and pulled them all together and kind of made their own religion. And you would talk to them about their faith and... It was like, oh my gosh, where did you get this? You know, it was just like a blender of chopped up stuff and, and, and so on. But, and the, th- the sad thing is, their children, uh, now who, they're adult, my, both of my aunt, well, my aunt's still alive, but my uncle died, and when he died, he came back to his faith in Christ. My aunt also has come back to her faith in Christ. But her children, their children, they're really messed up. (laughs) Because they never had 
an understanding of Christianity. They had an understanding of this soup, <laughs> this mixture of stuff. And whenever, and I haven't, I, I see them, I've maybe seen them once in the last 10 years. Uh, and, you know, they're wonderful individuals, but when it comes to their faith, it's, it's just really kind of off the wall because they never really had that foundation of their faith in Jesus Christ that when my uncle died, he, you know, I, they wanted me to talk to him. <laughs> I called him and, and where he was at and the state he was in, in a state of confusion, and, uh, <laughs> and I talked to him about his relationship with Christ and he came back to his understanding and his confession because he couldn't die he couldn't die with what he believed. And you see, they could, li- they w- they could live with what they believed, but they couldn't die with it. And, and the idea is that our life and our relationship with Jesus Christ is something that, is, that changes everything. It changes everything. And we look at the, Christ- the difference of the Christian faith is the deity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. He is not a created being by God. He is not um, uh, someone who's um, the Spirit of God came into whenever he was 30 and left before he crucified. He was, you know, he's crucified. <coughs> it, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The Christian faith is based upon the life of Jesus Christ his virgin birth, his death, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, the promised coming of the Holy Spirit. We are, our faith is based in this. Without it, there is no Christian faith. If Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, the Apostle Paul says, your faith is in vain. So 2,000 years ago, there was the challenge about the resurrection. And Paul, the apostle, says that if you, don't, if you don't believe in the resurrection, there is no Christian faith. And, and, and of all men, you are most miserable. And, you know, and, he, and he spoke about this relationship with Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ because he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He encountered Jesus and it changed his life. It wasn't what Paul was searching for. It was who he was against was Jesus. But in the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, he was confronted by, Paul was confronted by Jesus and his life was changed. <coughs> so too in our life, that without Jesus Christ, we are nothing. And our faith is in vain. Our religion is not a religion of rules and regulations. Our religion is a relationship based upon our relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, we do have rules and regulations, uh, but they are rules that enhance the relationship. Okay? Say there were like the Ten Commandments. Um, Ten Commandments. Four of them deal with our relationship with God. Six of them deal with our relationship with people. Jesus broke them down to two. Love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. The challenge is that the the, the, the commandments that God gives to us is about protecting and providing for us. You know, so if you give rules to your children, what are you giving them rules for? I just want to see if they'll break them. No, you don't give your kids rules for that. You get what for? You give them rules, what for? To protect them and provide for them. You know, don't, don't play with the stove. Why? It's hot. 
You know, don't step in front of a car. Why? You'll get hurt. You know, lock the door when you get in the, in the car. Whenever, you know, we have these safety things. What are they for? To protect us and provide for us. The rules, the regulations, as it were, the, the commandments that God gives to us are about how this relationship works and how we can keep it growing. What if there were no relationships? Rules and relationships. How long would our relationships last? That love is a foundational principle of our relationship. So, the continuing, as we look at this with what Jesus Christ has given us and what um, Paul has written to the church here, it's the connection with Christ through the Word, the written Word. It's connection with Christ through prayer. And it's a daily continuing to connect with Him and, and His Word. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. Jesus became man, dwelt among us. The Word made flesh. Excuse me. <coughs> I love to sing, but it just ruins my voice. <laughs> I always, uh, Jose says, you really need to shut off the mic whenever you sing. Even with it muted, it still comes through. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Thank you. Has this been drunken on him? The you know, cap was open. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> there's a story. Uh, there's a story of a soldier back uh, when the Napoleon was doing his uh, conquering. Um, the soldier was caught running from battle. And so the, uh, the idea was that if you, if you ran from battle, you were, you know, basically executed uh, on the spot. But for whatever reason, uh, the guy appealed to the emperor, who was, you know, Commander Napoleon. And um, when they brought the soldier to Napoleon, and they said, well, what happened? He says, I got frightened in, in the battle and I ran. He, he confessed to it. And, and, and Napoleon says, well, what's your name? <clears throat> he looks at him and he says, my name is Napoleon. Well, the emperor kind of sat back and then he got up, stepped forward and grabbed hold of this young man. He says, you either change your name or change your ways. <laughs> Left him live. The idea is that in our relationship with Jesus Christ, that we have a relationship that changes us from the inside out. And the relationship is, is something in which we participate in. It isn't something that we wear. Now, you can tell this isn't mine. <laughs> it's cute, though, isn't it? Just not on me. It's, it's me, right? <laughs> That's me. Now, this is what uh, we wore, Jackson wore yesterday at the, at the Boo Hoo. What is it? Halaboo. Yeah, at, uh, at uh, where were we at? Idlewild Park. <laughs> Was I with you? <laughs> that's what the birth, that's what, six, that's what 61 does to you, right? So anyhow, why, why, do they, why, do they, why do people dress up? You know, they put on a costume. And, and it was a nice little thing. They had all these little kids running around in these nice costumes. And they weren't allowed to have scary costumes. Because they advertised that on the 
TV. So if you've got kids and you want to go down there and you get a $4 coupon from Giant Eagle and you get $4 off the $22 it costs to get in. And, uh, but anyhow, you got all these kids and you go around Storybook Forest and you get candy and, and all the kids are all dressed up and it's, it's a nice little thing. They, they, they really enjoyed it. Um, but the idea is sometimes we dress up like we're not supposed to. Remember who you are? No matter, no matter what you wear, it's who you are. Now, in, in, in at Halloween, we have you know we can all have different views on Halloween, but um, the idea is that sometimes we dress up. There are different ages. Um, can, I, can I have a couple of participants? Joe, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Joe, and then uh, about uh, who, who's, what's uh, yes. I don't I'm sorry. Me and Dames just, uh, just left you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian. Come on, Ian. Come on right here. You're right here. All right. Joe, you're right here. <laughs> and there's a 61-year-old here. <laughs> I'm the old man of the group. Anybody older than me in here? Uh, yeah, there is. But anyhow, but what are we dressed up as? I'm dressed up as a 61-year-old man. Joe, how old are you? 30 years old. That's what Joe is. <laughs> He's dressed up as a 30-year-old. 15. 15-year-old. 15 12-year-old. 12 all right. And they're all dressed up in their, their uniforms. What are we dressed up as? Yourselves. Your age group. Who you are as a person. Hmm. And here comes our main man. Right on time. Yeah. Can you come see me? Bring him up here. Come on. Yeah. Can you, can, you, can you see me? Yeah, bring your daddy up here. He does, he's dressed up like an old man, too. Uh, you get the, you get, he's dressed like a... Three? Three years old. He's dressed like a three-year-old. Yes, there we go. Uh, and, but you see, we come dressed for what? We come dressed for who we are. Remember who you are. You ready to go? Yeah. All right, you can go back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he wants to go home, I know. But, uh, oh, he wants to go what? Oh, he wants to go play the guitar. Oh. <laughs> but it, it's something how that we sometimes don't act our age. <laughs> we dress inappropriately. Uh, we... Am I not on? Oh, all right. But anyhow, um, so the idea is being a Christian is having the character of Christ. Being a Christian is having the character of Christ, having his spirit abiding within us. And so we are to be reflective of, you know, and you have these costumes and things that we buy. And what are they reflective of? I mean, there were a lot. There were Superman and Superwoman and capes and... What else? Cinderellas and angels and all those kind of, you know, one lady said, let me put your wings on, you know, and I thought, who, me? No, she was talking to a little kid. But anyhow, the, the idea is that everybody has their own, we have our own characteristics. We have uh, who we are. But without Christ, 
no matter what we wear, we're lost. And no matter what age we are, without Christ, we're lost. We cannot reach up to God by following rules. We cannot find God by observing rituals. We cannot be religious by practicing religion. But we remember who we are because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus came to us as God incarnate. God became flesh and dwelt among us. God has come and his purpose was that he might save us from our sins, that we might become the person that God wants us to be. Because we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God, and God now asks for us to respond, to respond to Jesus Christ, to respond to our belief in in what he tells us about himself, that we confess our sins, that we acknowledge his sacrifice for our lives. Allow God's forgiveness to reach into our lives and, and put aside the, the desires. You know, the, in, 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 the, in the scriptures here, Paul is trying to get them to focus on their relationship with Christ rather than the melting pot of different philosophies and of the Greek philosophy and, and of Judaism. You know, you would look at this, this culture that the church at Colossae is in. It has, it's a heavy Greek influence. And the, the Greek writers and, and, you know, and the historians and you know, the Greek philosophy and thought. And then you have the, Jew, the, the Jewish people who have been forced out of Jerusalem, forced out of Israel. You have them in the community. And then you've got this group called Christians who are followers of Jesus Christ. And followers of Jesus Christ, and they are living to a high standard. A standard of forgiveness, a standard of a relationship with God. They're living to a very great standard. And so you have all these people and they've come and said, well, that idea that you have about Christianity is good, but we also have a good idea from the Greek philosophies. And then you have the Jewish people say, well, you know, you've got these laws that we know that were handed down to us for thousands of years from our father Abraham and down through Moses and the commandments. We've got to bring those in here. And you start putting together all this stuff. What does it look like? Now you take you and I. What beliefs, what theologies, what philosophies? And are, are they bad? No. Nothing, not generally not. But there's only one that talks about the deity of Jesus Christ. There's only one that tells us about the relationship that we can have with God and how that God came to save us from our sins, from our failures. And you think about how that our mistakes can be haunting to us. But God has come to release us from those hauntings. He has come to forgive us to, and gave, giving us the, the idea of forgiving ourselves and to forgive others as you have been forgiven. There's no other philosophy that teaches that. There's no other religion that speaks of forgiveness and to the extent that God himself would come and die for you so that we might have forgiveness. Our salvation does not be, depend upon our own disciplines. 
Our salvation does not depend upon our keeping of the rules. Our salvation and our relationship with Jesus Christ depends upon the power of Christ and his resurrection. (laughs) And we just kind of pause and pray and say, God, thank you. This isn't the close of my sermon. This is just a prayer in the middle of it, okay? God, thank you. Thank you for hearing my prayers and thank you for making yourself real to us. For it isn't the words, the enticing words of men, but God, it's by your Spirit, your Holy Spirit, that you make yourself real to us. So no matter what we're thinking, there's still a place in our heart that only you can fill. And I pray, God, that you touch us in that way. Fill our lives with your spirit, with your truth. The arguments that we have in our minds, I pray, O God, that you would give us peace. That we might see the revelation that comes to us from our heart. You see, only the Spirit can change a heart. Okay, you look up now. <laughs> only, a, only the Holy Spirit can change a heart. I, I, I think of, um, well, this, was, this study was done by the government. And it was done, it was done in relationship to alcohol, drug, drug addiction, teen challenge centers. And the, the success rate at, um, at um, Twin Lakes, I, be, I believe, is one or two out of 100. The success rate at Teen Challenge, which focuses, on, which focuses on a relationship with Jesus Christ, their success rate is like 85 out of 100 after 10 years. Now, the idea is that if we don't change who we are, in our hearts, nothing changes. And, 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 and I, I, you know, one of the studies, that they, they came to the, the Teen Challenge groups, the, the head of the uh, organization, and said, if you will get rid of the God stuff, we'll back you 100%. We'll buy you all the equipment. We will furnish your buildings. We will pay your salaries. But you got to get rid of the God stuff. <laughs> but you see... It's God who makes the difference in our lives. It's God who changes us. And, and you see, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, and now remember, who's, Paul is writing to the Colossians, and who, what have they done? They've pulled together a lot of things in their society. They've pulled together a lot of thoughts in their society. Oh my. And since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, where Jesus Christ is the same Jesus who was crucified, is the one seated at the right hand of the Father. And he says, since you have been raised with Christ, since you have been raised, that that, that life of God is in you, since you've been raised with him, set your heart on things above. That is that we have a perspective of life that isn't about 
here and now, we have a perspective of life that gives us a view from an eternal perspective. And that's why we find ourselves challenged to look at ourselves and to look at life and say, we are an eternal being. We are an eternal being that we are set free from the things of this life that destroy us. And he says here that you set your hearts on things above. And it says, set your mind on the things above. Set your heart on the things above. You're you're the seed of your emotions, the seed of who you are. Look at them from a divine perspective. Then set your mind on the things above. Not on the earthly things. For you are dead and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. The old things pass away. The, The life that we were living to ourselves and in the philosophies of this world, he says to them, it's now gone. And your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him. That's not a philosophy. That's a revelation. That we will live with Christ forever. You see, this is the relationship, and this is why when we talk about the deity of Christ, and we talk about the forgiveness of Christ, and we talk about you know, dressing ourselves up. It isn't trying to dress ourselves up in a particular costume. It's about a change of our life, of us being us where we are at. Of you being you where you are at. And God touching your life, whether you're three or 12 or 16 30, 60, 1. I wanted to say that before my wife corrected me. (laughs) That you are being you right where you are at. And God touching your life from this moment on. And it's not something that originates in your head. It's that which originates in your heart. For God has called you, each of us, to be his child. And he has come to forgive us, establish us, and keep us for an eternity. That when he appears, we will appear with him. That's not a philosophy. That's a relationship between you and a God who is alive forevermore.